You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. All right, that's just a couple of weeks away, and uh, that's going to be a lot of good fun for some guys. If you can get along that, that's going to be great. Tonight, um, I'll talk to you for just a few moments, really. Um, then we're going to come back and we're going to worship a little bit more tonight. All right, so hopefully. You're okay with that. You're comfortable with that, and uh, we'll just see where that where that's going, going to lead. But um, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus going to his own hometown where he grew up, where he uh, was uh, a young guy, and it said that he, when he went there, he um, they showed him no honor. And uh, it's funny because here you have the Son of God who could do very little supernatural, very little miracles, because there was no honor shown to him then. And there, there seems to be honor that is a forerunner to worship, is a forerunner to praise, which seems to open up a supernatural kind of dimension over our life. I want to read to you from John twenty-three, uh, verse chapter four, verse twenty-three, which says, "Yet a time is coming, and is now, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth." Uh, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Uh, God is a spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Now, you all have a spirit. I have a spirit, you have a spirit and God is a spirit. And that spirit is the essence of who you are. The spirit is your real identity. I carry around this, uh, this tent made of human flesh and I'm carrying it around for, you know, a number of years. Maybe, um, you get 70, 80, 90 years or something like that. And then this flesh dies and, and gets put in the ground, but it's not the end of me. I am an eternal being. I am a spirit. Uh, it's that essence. It's that enthusiasm of what comes out of something that is deep within you. You know, a funny thing is, you can go to any civilization um, in human history where you find mankind, and what you'll find is mankind worshipping. Um, even, even before Jesus came, you'll find mankind worshipping. There's something hardwired into the existence of man. There's something about our spirit that has to sacrifice, it has to worship. Um, and what I find just, I guess, interesting is that even if you go to the highest uh, uh, form of primate before you, you know, before evolution talks about humankind, like the apes or the chimpanzees or anything, you know, as, as, as so-called evolved as that, you'll never find an ape sacrificing to a deity. Never. Uh, no matter what colony of apes, no matter when the apes lived, uh, there is no explanation, there is, there is no, um, uh, there is no uh, observation of apes ever sacrificing, but there is an observation of mankind always sacrificing, no matter where he lived, no, no matter uh, when he lived, because it's hardwired into the very essence of who you are. Man has just got to worship. It's like there's this plug hanging out of us and we know we're gonna plug it in somewhere, you know, and we'll plug it into something that will give us that sense of supernatural uh, uh, existence. And, and, and often we plug it into the wrong socket, I suggest. Often, I don't know how many of you travel overseas, you've got a three-point Aussie plug and you tried to shove it in the wall in some former Soviet Union country and you think, well, that's it, I've got power. And you put it into your device and you think, well, that's it, I've got power. I'm there. Uh, your device isn't working, but you think you've got power. We're a little bit like that. You know, as long as it's plugged into a wall somewhere, uh, we think somehow that's going to satisfy me. But the truth of the matter is, of course, whilst it's hardwired into us to worship, 
We've got to worship out of our spirit. We worship in spirit and in truth. And what I mean by truth is we've got to have the right stuff, you know. We've got to have what is truth. There's three aspects to truth, just real quickly. There's doctrinal truth. In other words, uh, what is just truth? It's apart from you. It's not part of you. Uh, Whether you believe it or not, it's still true because truth is truth. That's truth. But then there's honesty. That's truth. You know, I, I either, you know, I'm not being real with myself. And uh, there's a sense in which we have to be honest in our worship, right? So I'm being honest with God. Uh, this is really who I am. I'm not making this up. I'm not putting on a pretext in somehow because I'm in church or because I'm having a, you know, a time with God. I'm honestly me. Then, of course, there is reality, I'm not living in some kind of fantasy world. I'm not deceived in my mind, but I, I, I've pierced the fantasy of, of um, existence and I'm dealing with the reality of who I am. We've got to worship God in spirit and in truth. Psalm 103 says that, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name, all that is within me, Bless his holy name. And tonight, everything that is within you can and should bless God. And the psalmist goes on and says, why? Because he heals all your diseases, because he forgives all of your iniquities. So you might think, well, I'm here tonight. I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy or I haven't, you know, I haven't done the right thing. I've lost it this week. I, I did it again. You know, I slipped back again. It doesn't matter. Tonight, God calls you worthy, right? So tonight you can worship God with everything within you because of who He is and who He's made you to be. I can worship God. Some of you don't get a lot out of God. Do you know the reason why we don't get a lot out of God? It's because we're not depositing our life into Him. You know, it's like we go to the ATM and we plug in our numbers. There's nothing. It's not going to give me anything if I don't put something in in the first place. And we can come to God and we can give Him all of our heart, we give Him all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, and we can do it without fear. We can do it without restriction. We can do it without any sense of uh, I might not be accepted. We can do it. And as we do that, there's a sense in which this divine exchange happens. I want to talk to you about three things real quickly. The first one is thanksgiving. The next one is praise. And the third one is worship. And then we're going to enter into a time of, of praise. And we're going to enter into a time of worship. We might have been just, you know, I, I, I know that um, we don't have the mosh pit so much for worship, but we're going to have a mosh pit and uh, everyone will, every, you, everyone's free to come. We'll push a few of the chairs back and we're just going to spend just a little bit of time uh, pushing through to God in worship. And then we're going to just have a little bit of time of prayer and just see what God might do in our lives, okay? So we're going to just push into that, that realm of God uh, as reality in your life tonight. But let me just give you just a quick kind of rundown before uh, we do that. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the essence of who we are. How many know that the world is full of whinging, complaining people? <laughs> uh, whenever you hear people talk, you know, you might be sitting in a coffee shop and you overhear the people beside you talking, inevitably they have a whinge. <laughs> they whinge about the government, you know, they whinge about television. Right? Yeah, I was watching this thing on television. It was so terrible. I couldn't believe it. I turned it off. But, but we like to whinge about stuff. It's kind of like sometimes I think we've got to make stuff up. It's very difficult to have a conversation with someone without complaining. 
And, and, and there is a sense in which thanksgiving, I actually think, becomes the essence of your identity. Uh, I believe every time you complain, you lose. Now, I'm not saying we don't need to sort stuff out because we need to sort stuff out. But if you're talking to someone who has no part in the issue, right? If you're talking to someone who's irrelevant to the situation, you're just whinging for no good reason. And when you whinge for no good reason, when you just complain about people or complain about circumstances, the world won't give itself to make you happy, right? You think you know what should happen and yet the world is not devoting itself to what you think. You know, you start to whinge and complain. I'm gonna tell you, at that point, you are losing ground. Every time you throw mud, as the old saying goes, you lose ground. How many people in this room know that was on the news just this week that something like 250 um, of uh, the athletes that came to the Comp Games uh, have, uh, have illegally overstayed their, their visas and are currently trying to either apply for some kind of asylum here or they're on the run from the law. They just want to stay in this country. I mean, they'll put their whole life on the line. They'll turn their whole world upside down for the honour and for the privilege of living in Australia, something that you get to do every day of your life. Did you get up this morning and just say, thank you, God, for this nation of Australia. Thank you, God, that I get to live here. Thank you, God. For the blessings that you've given me. I've got to tell you, my friend, if you live in this nation, you may as well have won the lottery on a world standard. You are as good as won the lottery on a world standard. We have got, by virtue of being just, by, by being Australian, we've got so much to be thankful for. And then when we appreciate what God has done for us, we've got so much to be thankful for. And how many know when you're thankful with, with somebody else, you, you get so much more out of it? Uh, have you ever been and seen something? Oh man, I've just got to bring my wife back. I've got to bring so-and-so back. I've got to bring my kid back. I've got to bring my friend back and experience this. This is amazing. Wow, this was an incredible experience. I've just got to experience it with someone else. Have you ever done that? Have you ever noticed you get so much more out of experience when you, when you um, have that experience with somebody else? And you get so much more out of life when you are thankful for the people in your world. I, I you know, struggle to admit this publicly, but the truth is, how many, 55, how many middle-aged men you know play with Barbies, right? Well, I've been playing with Barbies, you know, just these last couple of weeks. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing what your four-year-old granddaughter can get you to do, isn't it, eh? I mean, things that you would never, ever do in your normal way of life. And all of a sudden, you're playing Barbie dolls, you know, in the age of 55, and you're, you're enjoying it. And uh, it's not particularly that you like Barbie so much, or Ken, is it? You know, I don't think. Uh, but it's just the experience of hanging out with your grandkid. You know what I'm saying? And when you, when you do that, when you have a shared experience, you, you'll find that you can derive things all kinds of ways, no matter what you're doing, no matter how silly, no matter how stupid, because you're sharing it with somebody else. And, and that's the issue. The truth of the matter is, you know, it's not the Barbie, it's the granddaughter, you know. And the fact that she finds pleasure in that gives you pleasure in that. And, and when you're with somebody who's finding pleasure in life, no matter if it's as stupid as a, you know, a $2 plastic doll, it gives you pleasure because they find pleasure. You know, when you're thankful for something, when you're living a life of thankfulness, that just blesses the people in your world. It doesn't matter what you're thankful for, but if you become a person of thankfulness, you become a person of positive influence in your world. 
You know, Psalm 100 says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's kind of like that's the, that's the, um, uh, that's, that's the, the password, thanksgiving. You know, you got you to put in your numbers, you know what I'm saying? You're, well, what's, 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 what's your password? You go, oh man, what's my password? I've got to get this program, I've got to get this update on my iPad, you know, but I can't remember my password. I've got to get into my bank account, but I can't remember my password. You, you know what the password is? The password, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Become a person of thanksgiving. It'll inspire the people around about you, but it'll enter you into something of an update in your world. You know, there was, um, there was 10 people, lepers, right? And when you're a leper in, in Bible days, it was not a, a pleasant experience. You have to go around with a bell. And you had to stand on the outskirts of, outskirts of town and ring the bell when you walked so people would stay away from you. I'm unclean, unclean. Uh, you were rejected and cast out. And Jesus came and he healed a bunch of lepers. And the Bible says only one returned to him. 10 went on their way rejoicing in what they had experienced, rejoicing in their healing. And one of those lepers came back and said thank you and you know what the bible says it said jesus says to him your faith has made you whole right nine of them got healed but one got whole (laughs) you can get healed but do you want to be whole develop a spirit of thankfulness as you develop a spirit of thankfulness, you move into a, a, a state of being that most of the society in which we live can only uh, dream about because they are full of complaint, full of whinge. You know, they can do it better. You know, things weren't good, blah, 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 etc. And And I've got to tell you, thankfulness, number one thing. Let's talk about praise for a minute. Uh, praise is about what he's done thankfulness is what he's done for you praise is about what he's done and worship is about who he is but um, when we meet God through praise we we tend to meet God at at another level Uh, if you're in this room tonight and you're not a Christian when you're not born again right? it's it's hard to believe there's God because it's kind of like you've got to see to see you've got to have your eyes open to see and you know all these people saying well they're like blind people you know saying I don't believe there's a mountain because I can't see it but you're blind and, and, and it's, it's a bit like this with God you know you've got to believe to see your eyes have got to be open before you can actually see there is an eternal dimension that can um, uh, that can go beyond our capacity to comprehend. Did you know, I guess most of you do, that dogs can hear stuff that you and I can't hear and there's a whole audible world that's going on right now, probably, even in this room, arguably. There's a whole audible world that you are completely oblivious to. You can't hear it, right? Because your ears, the, the, the frequency uh, is beyond what your ears can comprehend, but it's there. Just because you don't hear it doesn't mean it's not there because Fido can perceive it, right? Uh, there are, there are uh, uh, creatures that can comprehend it, but you can't, I can't, because our ears, our capacity for hearing uh, uh, th- these pitches or these uh, frequencies are, are too high for us. But doesn't mean they're not there. You know, it's like a microscopic world. There's, there's, the microscopic world is there. 
You can't always see it. If we were to take a microscopic world and blow it up several thousand times, you'd probably be really fearful right now of what's actually in this room, what's probably in that carpet right now. There's probably things in that carpet that you can't see. They cause you no fear. But if we were to multiply them thousands of times, you're probably running for the door. You know, this is dreadful. Uh, Because your eyes were open to a reality that, that you never comprehended before. And what I'm trying to say is there is a spiritual reality and it's in this room right now. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. You can't always see it with your kind of human eyes. It's, you can't always comprehend it with just the, uh, uh, the rational thinking of this world. But it's there. Um, one of the instances of the Bible that perhaps shows it clearer than, than, than others is when Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, is assailed upon by a three-nation confederacy. The Amorites, the, the Moabites, and, uh, and the, uh, another groups decide we're going to go and we're going to assail on the uh, nation of Israel. And how many know the nation of Israel seems to have been under attack for its entire existence? Uh, it's under attack now. It was under attack thousands of years ago. And these three kings decided they would take it out. And when Jehoshaphat saw the enemy, he was outnumbered 100 to 1 in the context of his soldiers. So he was overwhelmed. There was no hope for him. And uh, he went to God and, you know, it was like, well, God, she, she's done. We're, we're over. We, we do not, we're outgunned. We're, out, we're outplayed. We're, we're, we're outsmarted. There's no way that we can withstand this attack. The external pressure is so much greater than our internal capacity. And God just instructs Jehoshaphat to, to just worship. And, and, and so Jehoshaphat goes to, um, uh, to his choir, to his singers, and he says, we want you to go. Imagine you just joined a choir three weeks ago, you know. <laughs> I'm a baritone, you know. And you've been going along to choir practice for a few weeks now and just sort of picking up your part. And you're thinking, I'm going to get a lead part in the moment. I'm so good. They really love me here. And then all of a sudden, you know, a messenger from the king comes and says, the enemy is on its way. We want you to head out first. And you're thinking, I'm not a warrior. I'm not a swordsman. Uh, I'm not an archer. I'm a baritone. <laughs> That's not my place. But the king has told you to go, so you don't have a choice, really, in that culture. When the king said it, you just did it. And so you're going out there thinking you're some kind of pin cushion for the enemy's uh, uh, arrows. Uh, and you start to worship God. But as you start to worship and as you blend your voice into the voices of the others in the choir, something just supernatural starts to take place. The Moabites start to perceive that the Amorites have this plot to beat Israel and then beat them. And so they start to get suspicious of the motives of, of uh, their confederacy. And so they attack them. And so the others respond, they attack back. And then the third group think, oh, oh my goodness, you know, what's going on? And so they get involved in, the, in this three-nation melee. And in the end, uh, they destroy themselves. And Israel just stands by and watches <laughs> And, and this is what it means to be more than a conqueror, just quietly, right? A conqueror is one who fights and wins. More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror is one who observes the fight and becomes the winner because God fights on their behalf. And see, God confused the minds of the enemy that were going to completely overwhelm the people of God and they consumed themselves. There are 150 psalms. I spoke a little bit about this this morning. There are 150 psalms. I would suggest that you started singing them to God. They're all weapons, really, of a spiritual dimension. Uh, 
Stop complaining and start lifting up your voice. And if you don't know what to say, grab a psalm and just start singing that. Thankfulness, praise and worship. That's when we recognise who God is. That's when the reality of God becomes our experience. We don't give any reference to our circumstances. We are so caught up in who God is. You know, the Bible talks about Abraham. Abraham was a person who worshipped God. It says of Abraham that he did not stagger at the promise of God. The promise of God to Abraham was that he was going to be the father of a nation, yet he was childless at 90 years of age. So his body was beyond the years of reproduction. And yet God says, you are going to be a father. It was impossible. But Abraham did not give reference to his circumstances. Worship is when we don't give reference to our circumstances, we simply acknowledge who He is. And Abraham worshipped God. And that's how you keep walking when you don't want to walk anymore. That's how you keep standing when all you want to do is sit. Despite the hindrances and despite the threats that might seem to be assailing you from without, you simply focus in on God and you recognise that He His presence is your portion. You recognise His capacities are on your side. You worship is when you uh, take His reality apart from my um, current circumstances and I just rest in who He is. I enter His gates with thanksgiving. I come into His courts with praise. You know, there was this one last place, this kind of... this. Uh, psalm that I'm talking about is referencing this thing called the tabernacle which is this kind of worship tent in the Old Testament it doesn't play much of a role today because Jesus obliterated it because you could come into the holy place and then there was the holy of holies which was where the ark of the covenant was and that was this box if you will that represented the presence of God there were a number of things in that that, that, that spoke of God and in God's manifest presence and, and no one could go into that really holy place only, only one guy could go in once a year and then they weren't sure he was going to come out alive because the power of God is there and he was called the high priest. The high priest had to go through all of this ritual cleansing and prepare himself as he would enter into the holy place. And he'd have a rope around his, his, his leg in case he died. They could drag him out because he could die in there. No one could go in and get him because if they went in, they would die. And so it was a serious deal. And so it was one man once a year could enter into the presence of God. That was the Old Testament and Jesus blew it out of the water and now every man, every day can enter into the presence of Almighty God. You have tonight the greatest opportunity to have communion with the creator of the entire universe. Have you any idea what this means, folks? That we can connect our spirits with His Spirit. We can connect our life with His life. We can come into His presence, not based upon what we've done, haven't done, said should have said but simply based upon what Christ has accomplished for us it's now said and done right it's assured it's now fact it's now history on that premise now the the whole idea of one man once a year coming into the holy place of God that's gone that's gone now we can all come at any moment into this holy place and acknowledge 
our holy God. I want the musicians to join me on the platform if they will, please. As I said, it wasn't my intention to preach a long time tonight. It was my intention to hopefully uh, inspire you, hopefully give you some concept or idea uh, of the opportunity that we have when we come into a place like this. Not to just hang out, you know what I'm saying? Not to just catch up with our friends. Not to just hear an inspirational word or get a, you know, get a, 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 a handy hint on how to live. <laughs> but actually to connect at a deep spiritual level to the, to, to the spirit that is within me, to the spiritual reality of the creator of the universe. I'm going to ask you to stand if the guys want to come. And... Thank you for listening to this podcast. 